Greetings, fellow intellectual idiots. Dan here with a bit of a disclaimer for the upcoming episode here. We had a bit of an audio issue with my microphone uh, that we got fixed around the 32 to 35 minute mark. So if you'll bear with the uh, echoey, uh, old-timey telephone-like tones uh, coming from me for about the first half hour of the show, uh, things do get better as we move along. So just a bit of a disclaimer for you, and we hope you enjoy the show. I do listen <laughs> to podcasts sometimes. Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Live Servant. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Welcome in once again to another rousing edition of Libservative, the show of intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. I, as always, am Dan Griffin. And I'm Corey Walsh. You threw me off because... Usually you say he's Corey Walsh, and then I say, and he's Dad Griffin. Been am, doing I, am I that out of it? Did I really just do that? Yeah, I've been, <laughs> you've been doing that for goddamn damn near eighty episodes. I'm sorry. The I I am I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the people right now for this episode. Th- this might be my worst or best episode ever because uh, I'm exhausted after uh, a week of travel and and ridiculous and a ridiculous work schedule. So you're going to have to bear with it. I'm mostly just here tonight for moral support. So Aww. Corey's going to carry the show. Bell's going to chime in a little bit. And uh, we're, just gonna get, we're just going to get through, <laughs> just gonna get through this hour. That's what's going to happen. Uh, hour, hour and a half, whatever we uh, decide to do. But before we get that far, Corey, tell the people where they can find us. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at libservativepod. And our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. You know, it's funny. Every time I read that, I look at the email address and I'm like, oh, I should probably check that. And then it's like, no, stupid. You can't do that right now. You're live on the show. <laughs> and then once the show is over, I usually forget to check it. So hopefully, <laughs> we're literally telling our listeners we don't check our email. <laughs> no, we do. We do. I'm, I'm gonna do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I'm gonna end the show by saying I'm Corey Walsh, <laughs> and I and he's Dan Griffin. By the, t- by the time by the time this thing. Uh, is all said and done. But yeah, the, the reason for my exhaustion is because it's really exhausting going to Florida to learn how to be a fascist. So that's where I was last week. And Stop I can tell everyone. Fascist. No, here's here's why. I, this is the conclusion I came to. Because the portion, every time I've, I've, I've ever been to Florida before, it's always been on like the ocean side, the Atlantic side, right? And, and a little bit further south. Like everywhere between like Daytona and Miami, right? I've been pretty much all up and down that coast where it's, you know, uh, a little bit hotter, a little bit more humid. And it's always been at like a weird time of year, right? So this year I go in March where it's still, you know, not, not, uh, not as cold up here, but 
but also not warm yet, right? Oh, and Bell's here too. I said that. Oh, Hi. sorry. I said he, I said he was here. I'm trying to give credit. I was like, uh, I was checking our emails. But the thing is, when it's 82 degrees in March and you're sitting outside in a lanai by a pool, it is really, really easy to put up with fascism. <laughs> it's just that's why, like that's why Florida's able to do it because people just don't really care. Plus, there's a lot of blue hairs that don't really realize uh, the fact that fascism is coming to Florida. And that it's funny I say that because you know Ron DeSantis is also promoting things like school of choice and things that we actually support. Uh, the problem is he's just stuck on the on the the culture war bullshit. So that's what I was doing. I was learning to become a fascist, which is basically sit in warm weather in mid-March and you'll be okay with it. That's probably what happened to the Germans, except it's never 82 degrees there. Celsius or Fahrenheit? I hope it's not 82 degrees Celsius. You fucking boil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what did you do? What, 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 what have you been consuming, Corey? What have you been up to? What are you drinking? Talk to me. It's I've missed you. Aw. So now that I'm all, my heart's all a flutter. <laughs> I've been I've been uh, consuming Alphabet Boys the podcast, but keeping up with the uh, J.K. Rowling one. Um, I haven't really been watching too much TV, to be honest. Been consuming a lot of building shit with my kid, and uh, oh, then we uh, we consumed the Q and A with White Boy Rick. That's right. See, that's what how exhausted I am. There? I'm just drinking some Miller Lights. I'm not even. Tap it into the bourbon. Me neither. I'm going straight beer tonight because I don't want to fall asleep. I am drinking uh, Old Nation's Boss Tweed, nice. a uh, a Michigan brew, and uh, 9.3% alcohol. So I've already had one. By the time I'm done with this, our fans will be happy to know. I shouldn't make it all the way to half in the bag. I should be like, I don't know, maybe a third-ish. Maybe, you know. We need to get three, like, three eighths, something like that. Yeah, we need to get like a meter that Dan just like a sliding scale behind him that he moves. Like, I'm trying to get my arm behind. We'll just do a print out of his here. body. We, yeah, we can let the we can let the people that. decide. Am I? We can let the people decide. Is it better when I'm more drunk or less drunk? Get at us. Let us know in the comments. Just don't email us because we won't. I check was going to say email us. <laughs> no, I'll check it. We just won't see it right away. <laughs> I'm drinking some Miller Lite. Got the cap Miller Lite. Uh, yesterday, the weather wasn't half bad, so I was able to sneak off and get a round in of uh, disc golf. And uh, that's all I'm drinking. What are you drinking, Bell? Same thing as you, bud. But it's in a glass. It's in a I glass. I've, I have both. Bell only drinks out of glass when he's at the beach. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's where all the glass goes anyways. Or on the <laughs> river. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the White Boy Rick show. I, this, I, think, I think White Boy Rick is, is, is at least a semi-national deal, right? I think it's, it's, uh, it's very, very important and historical to uh, Detroit lore, but there have been there's been one documentary I believe already made. There's another one on the way that white boy Rick himself is actually a part of. And then there was a really bad movie with Matthew McConaughey in it. Uh, <laughs> about, that I haven't uh, seen, but white boy Rick says his bullshit. 
because remember when he was explaining it, the uh, the writer that he's working on the current documentary with was supposed to be the writer for the movie, but then something happened and there was a falling out where that writer left the sh- the movie set. So White Boy Rick kind of walked away from it when that happened. Right. So give give the give the the brief synopsis of the uh, of the White Boy Rick story for for those of you who or for for our listeners that aren't. Uh, as familiar, and and all I'll say before you do that is it's it's basically uh, just another reason not to trust the feds. <laughs> yes, yes. So well, I actually I learned last night like a little bit what what everyone is uh, says about him. But so according to White Boy Rick, there's a lot of lore around his name and stuff like that. But he was charged with selling uh, coke, and he was put no, put away for 30 years at the age of 17. He's the first miner in U.S. history to get yeah. sentenced to life. Yeah, first miner in U.S. history to be sentenced to life, and he actually got a. Was he exonerated, or he's just out on parole? He's Either done. Way, yeah, he's done. Yeah. So yeah. So at seventeen, so he was he was approached by you know FBI and stuff like that to be. He an was informant. younger than seventeen. He got when he was convicted. He was seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I think the court case started at like fifteen or sixteen or something. Yeah. Um, he was just dealing Coke and it's like a kid that was probably in 10th, 9th, 10th grade and Kruger hands in his pocket. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, he, um, the, he was an informant for the FBI, but he wasn't snitching on other dope boys. He was snitching on dirty cops in the city of Detroit. He grew up on the East side of Detroit. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why. When his uh, case and he got busted, they uh, tried to make sure he was put away for life because he ruined careers and lives of people like Gil Hall or Gil Hill, who was a uh, city council member. He fucked over Coleman Young's daughter, which I mean, in a good way, he fucked her over because they were all corrupt as shit. And uh, yeah, he got put away for 30 years and then. After the 30 years of him trying to get out, they tried to pin a cold case murder on him to keep him in because they didn't want him to get out because when he did, he was going to end up meeting Charlie the Duff and then having <laughs> events like he did the other night. And so, and like, because like Charlie Duff asked him, he's like, why didn't you take a shiv in the neck, you know, for being a snitch to the FBI? He's like, it's because I wasn't snitching on other people you know he said like my friends other dope dealers and stuff like that are out in the crowd <laughs> he goes they're all here with me <laughs> i mean yeah that's 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 rick's story that he never snitched on uh you know uh, other other dope dealers and i mean i have no reason not to believe him but obviously right i don't I, the reason why story. i'm apt to believe him is because of the fact that prison life is fucking brutal and it's fucking tough especially on snitches and the fact that he survived I think goes to show there is a little bit of clout to what he said. Yeah. And so it, 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 it makes a lot of sense because he, uh, he said that the biggest reason why he was in prison under this charge, even, even after uh, the, what was it? Was it the, the one kilo law? Or what, what was the law? Yeah, if, so, you, if you were so carrying Michigan, a certain amount, it was an automatic life sentence. Yeah. Which yeah, by the way, is a racist law, if we're being honest with everyone. Right. And what's also interesting is his finger, like he said, uh, the 
the the coke they found he never touched Charlie the Duff tried to clarify and asked if it was his. He goes, dude, I never touched it. <laughs> but, but no, he did say it was his. Yeah, yeah, he, he said, said it was his. Yeah. He, said, he said he was responsible for it, but yeah. he never touched it. Yep. And so, you know, it, I guess, long story short, he's, he's basically like they basically pretended to find my prince uh, on this, on this, uh, on the, on these drugs that were never found. Yeah, and it, when, when, name- asked, when asked why he was in prison so long, um, because he was he was the only one, I believe, and maybe Bell can correct me if I'm wrong. He was the only one that was still left in prison for that charge as a minor when the uh, whatever I can't remember the name of it, but the, like the one kilo, the no tolerance one kilo life law was was revoked yeah, when all the other people were released and stuff like that. There were hitmen in prison who were in prison short a shorter amount of time than he was. There's but what Rick? But nine people. That were in say prison that, for less time than him. <laughs> say that one more time, Bella. You cut out for me. Uh, there are people that were in prison for less time than him that killed nine people. Yeah, for murder. For even even just for one murder is ridiculous. Right. Uh, but he but he basically came out and said that he you know uh, was was snitching on corruption and he he named Gil Hill by name. You might remember Gil Hill from Beverly Hills Cop fame. Uh, he was in all three of those films, uh, former law enforcement officer for the city of Detroit, and then ultimately a, a city council member. Um, and basically he said that he was trying to snitch on Gil Hill for covering up a murder. And you listen to all this stuff. And if you're, if you're anti-law enforcement, which I think all three of us in this show are to a degree, obviously there is nuance to it. Um, but like the way we police in this country and the corruption that, that is involved with it, uh, I, th- I, th- I think we're, we're, I think I would be, I don't think I would be wrong if I said that we are all against the current way that we police in this country. And so when, when white boy Rick says that I, I'm, I just like, I don't know. I just believe him. You know what I mean? Like th- th- yeah. whenever, I, don't, I don't think we're ever going to know like the full story, the full truth. There's going to be a lot of, but that's the story. He is how said, he she said, it, yeah. Yeah. But, but if you think about it, you know, his his side of the story just does make more sense. Why is this fucking guy in prison for 30 years for a drug crime that everybody else gets gets out of prison for after the right. laws drop? And here's what I think also adds weight to his side of the story. It's the same thing when we talk about election fraud with Dominion. If someone did that and then got 30 years, when they get out, the first thing they're going to try to do is get away from it unless they really feel slighted. To where he's still trying to uh, make waves and is suing the FBI and everyone for how they did him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a major lawsuit right now for I think like a hundred million dollars or something like that that he is currently trying to sue uh, the government over the way they treated him as a minor. Yeah, and that's fair. So yeah, this is this is a this is if you're not familiar with the white boy Rick story. I recommend if you're a listener of the show and you're from out of state, look into this guy. Look into Read look into it. Yeah, yeah, look it's into, wild. Look, look into Rick Worshi. Don't don't want well watch the movie after you do the research because the movie might be a little bit funny. I've never <laughs> seen it, yeah. So I don't know. Matthew McConaughey is one of my favorite actors. I didn't know he was even in it. But uh let's just say Hollywood took liberties with the story. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> Embellishment. 
Uh, uh, yeah, but sure. it was super interesting, and uh, Charlie LaDuff is a gem. Dan and I actually got to meet him after the show. We met him at the bar. He's the uh, he's the nation's best investigative reporter, in my opinion. Oh yeah, he's he's up. I would put him up there with a Matt Taibbi, a you know, a Aaron Mate. Here's hey, the he's difference here, between. He's out here Go ahead, Bill. Let's say he's out here taking shot. Like that's that so learn shit. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's what makes Charlie, I think, a little bit better than than uh, like a Taibbi or a Greenwald. They those guys are fantastic journalists, and they're they're the best of the, they're they're the best of the best in the business. But Charlie's also not only is he an investigative journalist, he's an entertainer at the same time. Right. He's eating. <laughs> yeah. He's remember like there was a story he did about uh, seniors who are so poor they're eating cat food, mm-hmm. and he's on video eating cat food with uh with the old people and stuff like that he's in the he's in the america he's in the the uh the american flag speedo on the border and has cartel riding up to him with a a, on a jet ski giving him the finger across the uh the neck saying they're gonna kill him like he's he's in the shit he rode down in a in a canoe on the Rouge River. For anyone who's not from the area, the Rouge River is just a really, really nasty, dirty river. It's basically a runoff that cuts through all like the really nasty industrial parks of uh, refineries and whatnot Detroit and stuff. Yeah, downriver. Yeah, it's yeah. downriver. It's all our poop goes. Mm. <laughs> it all goes downriver. Mmm, tastes like corn. Yeah, so check out the White Boy Rick story. If it's a, it's a, it is a it is a fun story. If you like this show, I feel like you would like that story because it's very so. I have I have something else to add laden. to it. Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, so because I, I found this interesting. And if you remember, we met Charlie the Duff at the bar, and we were hanging out with him. You know, I totally simped out. I was like, oh my god, Charlie! You know, I've been an idol since stop, I was. Will you stop name dropping? <laughs> but oh, because I met him. Charlie, oh, Charlie. Saying, I, I can see hearts in your eyes. I know that's what I said. I totally simped out. <laughs> I'm, I'm acknowledging that. And uh, we met him, and you know, I tell him like, dude, I've been an idol since I was little. This and that. And uh, he found it interesting when we mentioned to him that our city, or well, my city, Sterling Heights, the mayor, uh, the chief of police, one of the judges, and city council, and everything was there. And like my speculation is, is like why to keep tabs. Just not like, only were they you know, there, they were like there as if it was like a night out among friends. Right, they were all sitting together. And I listened to Charlie's show the next day when he was doing his little roundup on it. And apparently, like a people, a bunch of people from the Detroit Police Department were there. People from the DEA were there. People from the Detroit City Council were there. Um, people from the school board were there. There was a lot of people interested in this. And it's like, why were all of these people interested in a drug dealer telling his story other than to either send a message to keep tabs on what he was saying and all of that. And the reason why I'm saying all this is because when we met our boy, Charlie, (laughs) (laughs) uh, when we were talking to him, he mentioned to us because we told him that this is the kind of stuff we like to do or whatever. And he said, you know, just always ask the questions. He goes, just ask the questions. And so it put a fire under my ass. And so I reached out to a source. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be an investigative journalist here. I'm not going to mention his name. What is happening? And uh, Journalism, I asked him, Dan. And I asked him, like, why was everyone from Sterling Heights there? 
Was, was there any sort of relationship, uh, altercation, or interaction with Rick? And it ended up being, from what I could tell, a nothing story. Because what he explained to me, and he said that uh, we just think it was a fascinating story. No one uh, in the office now in Sterling Heights, other than Miss Koski, was in office when Rick was arrested or sent to jail. And that we do have some uh, Detroit. St- can I just add that still seems like one too many. Right. <laughs> when uh, you're yeah, talking about 30 plus years ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and uh, he mentioned that we do have some officers who used to work in Detroit, but police officers in Sterling Heights retwi- retire after 25 years. So none that were there when when he was there. But then he said he was frankly surprised to see all of them there. And he made a last decision to come. Mm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just found it interesting. So I can only speculate that our city wanted to, our city people wanted to get ahead of the curve in case anything got brought up about our city, but nothing did. I don't think there's a story there for our city, but it's interesting that DEA and everyone was there to listen to what this man had to say when they spent a very large concerted effort to make sure he was locked away for the rest of his life. Very, very interesting. Yeah. It is interesting, right? That's what makes the story interesting. Is that, what makes, what makes the DPD want to spend their Saturday night listening to a dope dealer? Well, and it speaks to, but it speaks to the, the issue and the distrust and the mistrust that people have for law enforcement in this country. And you and I, you and I, and I, uh, yeah. And Bell was involved in the conversation last night where we were kind of going back and forth on, we now, we now know people that are hard, hard leftist, hard leftist, and people that at least come from the right that are, that are both very, very mistrusting of law enforcement. And, and the, and, and, and like, so, so that is that is the thing that people like Jimmy Dore talk about and others when when it comes to when you when you have people that are that are supposed to be politically polar opposites agreeing on something like hey policing sucks now you you can have disagreements within that agreement which is like hey well, well what's the solution you know like is is it reform is it just completely getting rid of cops like but you have the fundamental agreement that policing in the United States is fucked up. Yeah. No, I mean, like, for example, like last night you had an interaction with someone like Eric. We had him as a guest on our show. Long time ago. The, long Go time back and ago. listen. I'd like to get him back on the show because that interaction was like, hmm, this would be interesting to talk about with him. And uh, so a long time ago, we had a man named Eric on the show and he's a libertarian. And then we also had... Uh, Tristan from the city of Detroit, who we would probably call a damn near communist. You know, he's definitely a socialist. He's very, very left. And when we talked to him about the police, and then we mentioned to him, like, now we think it's just a branding issue about defunding the police. And we think reform. And he's like, no, (laughs) I want the police gone. Mm -hmm. Last night with the interaction with Eric, he essentially said the same damn thing. Yeah, and now these More are or less. people who have very, very different politically ideological like, like, like thought processes, you know. And <clears throat> here they both are. I almost want to get them on the show at the same time. Yeah, I think that would be interesting to have a little. I would like that. I would like that. And, uh, they both fundamentally agree that the police just are fucking terrible. Yeah, one of these men worked for the Trump campaign. And the other one 
protested against him. Basi- basically, led some protesting after uh, after the or dur- during the the all of the summer of 2020 uh, protests throughout all of the United States. You want to talk about two guys that are that come from polar opposite sides of the political spectrum that definitely agree on this one issue. And that's it. Like it really just these, these radical independent movements, which is what I've actually begun to refer to myself as I I'm, I'm just referring to myself as a radical independent because you know, I have some conservative views that I have. I have some liberal, a lot of liberal views that I have, and I have some libertarian views that I have. So like, I think that's, I think that's the movement the producing more radical independence. And I think that's, I think that's how you get these people together to talk. And that is what scares the shit out of not only law enforcement, but the establishment and the status quo as a whole, which is why we're arguing about things like who can go into what bathroom or where it's appropriate to have drag shows. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the culture war nonsense is, is such a distraction. And, and I hate how well it works because it captures us a lot yeah. all the time. But you and I are always, the three of us are always sending texts about culture war bullshit because it's what everybody's like talking about. On it, but it does. It makes so much noise. It just consumes the conversation. Yeah. So even when you're making fun of it and calling it stupid, you're still talking about you're it. You're just wasting and that's, time that yeah. you could be talking about something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole plan. So check out the white boy Rick story. If you're not familiar, if you're not a native Detroiter, it is one of, it is, it is, Maybe at least in the last 30 years, the top story when it comes to I would I would say like Detroit folklore. Would you guys would you guys agree with that? Detroit lore. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's it, he's he's a, even uh even even Charlie Leduff in the interview called he's like you're a, he looked at White Boy Rick, he's like, You're a myth. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine like how interesting that would feel like to just be viewed as just a like a living myth? Right. Just where the story is just bigger than you are. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, very remember like he yeah, people like the way the media described him was like this cartel like kingpin who was mm-hmm. murdering people and all like they ran him through the dirt when he was when just, he was really just when he was really just a cocky kid who was making a shit ton of money dealing cocaine. I mean it's really right. that's really all it was. That was it. Dude, I like his rebuttal too, because when because when uh cause Charlie Leduff said to him, he goes, uh, you know, like regardless, like cocaine is a death business. Yeah, the 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 product you're pushing. A lot of people died to get it to you. A lot of people are being killed over this. It's a death business. People are dying using it. Yeah, and he goes that's he goes well. He goes it's no different than the opi- opioid epidemic. He goes these big opioid companies are doing the same damn thing, and none of them are locked up. The only difference, I would say, that the only difference is that the legalization of opioids makes it so that. Uh, you know, the, the big, the big, the, the, the people delivering the big shipments don't have to be killed in transit because it's legal. You can just make it in a fucking factory. Yeah, it's monopolized and it's, they're protected by police <laughs> as they make those of a bunch of drugs. Boy, yeah. isn't, isn't that interesting? Isn't it ironic? Uh, the, don't you, don't think? you, don't you oh, boy. dare say bad things about Alanis Morissette. Say, I'm know, not. I'm literally quoting her. <laughs> it's like rain <laughs> on your wedding day. You do that no justice. 
She's All right, queen. guys, if, you, if you've never heard Alanis Morissette, go listen to her song, Ironic. <laughs> and tell me who you think sang the song better. She is an artist. She is Queen B in my eyes. Does that make me racist? Because isn't because isn't Beyonce supposed to be Queen B? So I'm racist for making a white Canadian lady Queen B. Well, shit, now it is. God, Florida's really, really rubbed yeah, off on I me. Mean. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> I could fucking tell. The next thing you're gonna want is you want to lock up drag, like remove liquor licenses and uh, <laughs> lock up drag queen people for existing. Is that next? That's a good segue. Is that yeah. next? Yeah, yeah, DeSantis the fascist. Be- Bell was the one that gave us this story, I think. No, this is Corey. That's oh, this cool. was Corey. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, you know me, the investigative journalist. You know, I, <laughs> I really... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bud Light version of an investigative journalist. I'll take it. Miller Light. <laughs> yeah, the Miller Light version of an investigative journalist. The Natty Light version. Of an investigator. Just call me Natty Daddy from now on. <laughs> I really have a problem with the fact that the banner that you put up there was is DeSantis the fascist because I can already see people just looking at that and going, I can't listen to these guys. They don't like my guy. That's you're 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 forcing people away with that banner, Corey. And actually on second thought, I love it. I don't care. You, you don't. You don't need to be here. Uh, why are we if calling? Someone's been li- if someone's been listening to our show now, eighty episodes in, as we just shit on like Democrats and stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, these guys are great," and then they leave because I'm ridiculing the other side. Fuck them. Political well, no, and cultural literacy. Like what we say, like uh, uh, our show. Our show is like. Uh, well, fuck you, but listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Listen to my show. Okay. So no. So, so can we? I was gonna say. So so can we chalk this up under culture war bullshit that is distracting us from the actual issues? It is. It's the bullshit what this culture is. war becoming literal fascism. I was about so to say, when, it, when it becomes real life, that's when it matters. Yeah. This is be, real life. Yeah. This is making it real life. President. Yeah. Matter. Yeah. That's. Well, well, no. Okay, so let me rephrase that. What I, what basically, what I'm saying is, Ron DeSantis using culture war bullshit to gain more clout in the presidential race. That's really more what I meant. I, I didn't mean yeah. to say that it doesn't matter. It definitely, it definitely by, matters by implementing fascist tendencies. So the story is that Ron DeSantis would like to uh, remove or revoke the liquor license of a Miami hotel for essentially uh, for hosting drag shows. Yeah. Uh, And which is a, which is fucking censorship, which is a civil liberties violation. It's literally everything that the cultural right likes to bitch about the woke mob doing yeah it's cancel culture that's that that is what this is you are never going to convince me that like drag shows are bad is it like honestly even 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 if uh even if a, a parent decides to bring their kids there right because now you're getting into the, the territory of telling other people how to parent their children you remember when glenn youngkin won the north carolina governorship that was virginia but yeah or virginia i mean you know yeah one of those states south of the mason dixon line I have actually north carolina isn't that's a, nope north carolina yes, is. it is 
Yes, it yep. is. And uh, Youngkin won because people were saying that parents shouldn't have a say in their children's like schooling. And so for them to, so for Youngkin to win on that premise, now Governor DeSantis is doing the same fucking thing down in Florida by making daddy government be mm-hmm. the one in charge of how you raise your kids. Would I bring my kid to a great drag show? No. No, I, you, no, I wouldn't. If you but I would kid, still advocate for the right to, for other parents too. If you bring your kid to watch a performance of screwed off the red nipples reindeer, reindeer, you are an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but it shouldn't be illegal. Right, that's that's kind of on you. And like everything that I've seen about I mean, look, you'll get like the, the occasional like libs of TikTok video where there's some screwy shit going on that where it's like, okay, that's kind of fucked up. But like most of the things I've seen, even with like drag queen story hour, it's literally just a dude in a dress reading a book. That's all it is. That's all it's a little weird, like whatever. Like, I don't think I'd bring my kid to something like that. But I, I don't, you know, if hey, if you want to take your kid to go to drag queen story hour. You know, maybe the parents have fun at it. Who knows? I like. Have you ever been to a drag a drag event? Have either of you guys ever been to one? Uh, yes, I've been to. Have I? I've been. I think I've been to drag queen bingo. Yeah, drag queen bingo. That's. I mean, that's what I've been. It's been years. It's been a few years since I've been there. Right, yeah, here locally in downtown Royal Oak, and it's like, yeah, and it's late at night. They serve booze. It's definitely sexual, but it's like it's like comedically sexual. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like look at these drag queens and go, Ooh, man, I feel, I, I feel, uh, uh, a little ridiculous for being here, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like even, uh, yeah, it's the government trying to tell people how to live their lives in any case, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. It's just a hundred percent wrong. Is that better, Bill? <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn, that's a hell of a lot better. Yeah, I had, really a, I had, better. I was on the wrong mic setting, so hopefully we can fix that in post. So whatever, it is what it is. I'm happy to be back on the. On the <laughs> yeah, like it like switched over to my headphones. I think right before we started the show. So I you know, like, like I heard it for a little bit. Fuck! Like, didn't you say anything to me? We're. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> we're caught 34 it. Thirty-four minutes in. We're thirty-four minutes. That in. was me that said it. it. I'm the one that asked you. Oh, I thought it was Bell. Sorry. No, it was me. It was your boy. It's I'm here. Boy. I'm here. I'm here. I'm on the correct setting. I, I will I will put a disclaimer in the pre-show about my mic being fucked up for the first 34 minutes of the show. Please bear with us. They'll here we are. Important. It yeah, didn't sound terrible, but it sure wasn't no. It sure wasn't no sure, Mike. That's right. That's right. Mel, maybe that's why we're starting to get more uh, watchers here. Uh, happy to be back. Anyway, uh, what the fuck are we talking about? Drag queen bingo or some yeah, shit? DeSantis being a fascist. Oh. By trying to right. remove the liquor license of a business a who Regency. made a contractual agreement with a third party to just rent out their venue. Yeah, that's called civil liberties. And that's a, a r- remarkably... Uh, a remarkably libertarian virtue when it comes to that, when it comes to civil liberties. So it, it, it's, it's really, what's really interesting about that 
is that I, I've gotten the idea in recent, I don't know, months, basically, since it was, uh, it's it's been more and more clear that Ron DeSantis is going to basically run for president in 2024. I've seen a lot of libertarians that like Ron DeSantis. And I... I understand it from certain perspectives, right? He's 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 pushing for school of choice. You know, he's he's fighting against uh, uh, censorship from the left. But where I feel like libertarians fall short is—is is he really? Because though? he's just banning books. No, well, so I'm, I'm talking about like the, the you know the quote unquote woke the quote unquote woke censorship, right? He's fighting against wokeness. The mob rule censorship is basically what I'm talking about. Um, and I think they libertarians tend to miss <clears throat> the censorship that's being put forth by Ron DeSantis. I could be wrong. Like this isn't every libertarian. I know lots of libertarians that are, you know, not exactly a huge fan of Ron DeSantis for those reasons. But I think that's where libertarians kind of get stuck in the mud sometimes. They they like they they tend to pick a side, like or, or at least pr like prolif per how do you say that word? Per peripherally, peripherally uh pick a side uh on the left or the right, depending on the uh the uh the current culture. And I feel like Ron DeSantis is the kind of the guy that they go towards because they don't want Trump. They obviously don't want Biden. But we're, we're like, what is Ron DeSantis to you? Ron DeSantis is just another shitty option in a pool of shitty options. Yeah, but shit like this, the way he went after Disney because Disney ideologically disagrees with him, mm -hmm. all of this kind of stuff. Like I was, I was saying to a Democratic friend at work today, like I think that I might vote for Donald Trump in the primaries, try to get him to become. <laughs> the Republican nominee to go against Biden because like, what's the saying? It's like uh, about your enemies. You'd rather have an enemy, you know, than an enemy. You don't, we know what Trump's going to do. Trump's going to be Trump to only attacks people that attack him. Trump's never gone after specifically gay people. Now people in the Republican party that he represented and things like that. They've got, they have, but Trump hasn't. Trump was against the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Trump has this weird thing about him to where he, like, on the on the cultural side of things, it's not about, like, the actual cultural shit. It's when it's going after him. And DeSantis is a straight-up fascist. Now, I disagree with Trump a million and a half ways. If, if he actually became president, I mean, if he actually became the nominee, I wouldn't in turn vote for him in the general. Mm -hmm. but I'd rather him be the plan B because my plan A is never going to win anyways. Cause I'm voting third party, <laughs> but I'd rather You're him your win. Vote. I'd rather your vote. Trump win than DeSantis. And you know, what's also kind of fucking scary that like after, after DeSantis came out and he like took a little jab at Trump and says, he doesn't know anything about having uh, dealing with the legalities of having to pay off of a pay off a porn star that for hush money, he said something like that, but he said that he doesn't like the DA that's going after Trump and all of this stuff. But when he did that little jab against Trump, um, then Candace Owens, all of these, uh, what's his name? 
uh, Steve Bannon, um, I think even Ben Shapiro, not Ben Shapiro, um, but there were a uh, Zervanovich, whatever his name is, or whatever. Cernovich? Yeah. All of a sudden, all of these people came out against DeSantis. Not because he's a fascist, not because he's doing shit like this, making big government bigger by trying to make it smaller in some weird fucking dumb fucking way no dude he's expand he's expanding government to under the guise of quote unquote fighting wokeness like th- this is what drives me nuts about people that 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 like ron DeSantis. It, it is it is the old adage of you love when the government grows when it's on your side which is why yeah. you know which is why the democratic party has gotten so powerful you know over this time if you're if you're fighting an enemy, it's okay to grow the government. And that's what both sides continue to do every election cycle, which is why the government is overbloated, which is why the IRS is 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 whatever it is, 80,000 new employees. I think you just but, perfectly encapsulated what neoconservatism and neoliberalism is. Yes, that's it's they are they are working together to continue to grow the government that is what republicans and democrats do and they do it under the guise of fighting of fighting the whatever other the side. other party is yeah the other side like we have to, we have to stop this we have to stop this wokeness well I, I i really hate to break it to ron DeSantis, but my 2023 prediction call me fucking daniel damas because the my prediction at the beginning of the year for 2023 was that we were going to start to see the fall of quote unquote wokeism and, and then it this is whole platform is gone yeah oh yeah it is it it is happening the the snake event when the st- snake continues talking about wokeness i that word just makes me want to throw up every time i use it uh when we continue to talk about that the 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 snake eating its own tail eventually consumes the entire snake and that is what wokeness is doing right now isn't that insane too how uh bastardized that whole term has gotten wokeness like being like woke. every other term yeah woke used to mean like not trusting the federal government uh, knowing like knowing what the church committee is knowing what mk ultra is knowing that the fbi spends a bunch of money on informants to fabricate crimes that's what wokeness used to be and mm-hmm. then it got bastardized by the whole cultural war nonsense yeah, isn't that funny how the right does it? The left does it too. Everyone's uh-huh. a racist. Everyone's no, listen, a fascist. Everyone's a Nazi. Yes, they've done it. They've bastardized the word racism. Everything's yeah. racist. Big yeah, because well, when everyone's a racist, no one's a racist. Right. Bigot. 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 Black people complain. It's bigot's crazy. a word that means nothing. Yeah, it doesn't right? mean anything. Homophobe doesn't mean anything. Transphobe doesn't mean anything. Takes away if from you, cases where it actually happens. Yeah, it's 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 you know, it's like the uh it's like the it's like the the woman who claims sexual assault that wasn't actually sexually assaulted to gain something. It or it makes or the person it, it makes who the, claims they're racially it, attacked. Oh, like a Jesse Smollett. Yeah, like it make it completely fucking reduces the stories of the actual victims of these problems. And that's that's what that's basically what quote unquote wokeism has become I can't wait till we can stop using that word. I'm hoping within the next yeah. 4 to 5 years. I can't wait until that word Did is you say gone months? from it's our years. No, it'll still be around. It'll still be around. <laughs> it's it'll it's still be around. Pendulum. It's I that know. pendulum swing. Where the the out the outlash we're seeing from the left right now of trying to do all this stuff. 
Yep. Is uh, as a result of Trump, and then the right freaking out is responding to the out the outcry yep. from the left. What's up, bright eyes? And I was thinking about that today, actually. Like for so long, the LGBTQ community now they've had definitely their trials and tribulations. The the Stonewall riots, gay people being raped or not raped? Well, like, yeah, raped, but like murdered. Yeah. You know, all of this stuff that's happened to their story. You know, everyone, every group, you know, has their story. All of this stuff happened to them. But we're at a time to where if that happens to them now, the law and the legal system is on their side. They have legislation that protects them with hate crimes and stuff. But they still cried out so much that they were the victim. And then they kept pushing this stuff to the point that the that people on the right like DeSantis are actually making them criminals again. Yeah. They cried so hard that they were being uh portrayed as criminals. Then I don't want to use the word cry because that's like a, no, a Corey, it's, diminishing it's, word. But you understand what I'm saying. Like they push so hard on being the victim that they're making themselves the victim. Like actually making themselves a victim. Yeah. Yeah. It's now we what, have, what we yeah. see what we see from the right is my new my new favorite phrase i've used i mean, i i actually haven't used it that much recently because it's starting to die down it's it's woke derangement syndrome it's no different than trump derangement syndrome mm-hmm. it's the exact same thing all it is is yeah. is the all it is is the reaction to you know the the wokeness of you know, fighting against Trumpism or whatever, which actually is a great segue. Unless you have something to add to that topic, I, w- I wanted to move on to uh, Trump's supposed arrest. That should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and pull that banner up. Here, I'll pull it up. Uh, all right, you got it. The Don and his trumped up charges. You like that? I do. I do kind of like that. Took me like three but- hours to do that. <laughs> I did, uh, how long did it take you to? How long did it take you to think of that one? Spent uh, like three hours shading your upper lip. <laughs> uh yeah. So if you if you've been living under a fucking mushroom for the last I don't know week and a half uh, after Trump's truth, uh, saying that he is going was well, he said he was going to be arrested yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday, March twenty second. Uh, as of now. Uh, he's still not. He still has not been arrested. Uh, various reports coming out that it might be later this week. I think the Daily Mail even said that it might, which is interesting that we're listening to the Daily Mail. But the Daily Mail saying it might be as late as sometime next week. Um, certain grand jury witnesses still have to go through their process. That may be done now. I don't know. Again, I'm exhausted. I've had a long day, so I don't know if that happened today. So bear with me on that. Uh, okay, so. <clears throat> So I'm I'm really pissed about this. And, and and not because I think Trump's a good person. But all this is to me is a possible or probable felony charge that is based on very flimsy legal theory legal theory and is uh essentially a bookkeeping crime. Yeah. And that's not even the reason I'm upset, right? If he committed a crime, whatever, charge him with what makes sense. Committed a misdemeanor, pay the fine, 
you know, whatever it is. But all I see this as is a, is a chance for people like fucking Rob Reiner to get on Twitter and go to go on Twitter and go, we finally got him. We got him. N- never mind the fact that you didn't get him on anything that you said you were going to get him on for six fucking years. You had to wait until he committed a bookkeeping error while trying to pay off a porn star to keep her quiet during the 2016 election. I, as much as anybody else think Donald Trump is a piece of shit and unfit to be president, but I am so over this shit. I am so over trying to put this man in prison, knock it off. All you're doing is giving him more power. That's all you're doing. Every time they do this shit, they give him more power. Go ahead. Yeah. Bring up his, uh, that donation thing you were showing me. Oh, um, yeah, it's just like this motherfucker has been under the mic legal microscope now for six fucking years. And we're going to f- and everyone was like, he's a criminal, this and that. Is he an upstanding citizen? No, you know, he did things like rip off, you know, immigrants, immigrant like contractors and things and things like that. Sure. But. For them to put him under a microscope, like, you know, like every single little goddamn thing has been looked at. And this is what we're going to get him on. This is it. It's 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 like Al Capone. Corey, it's show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Hey, check this out. So when he announced his bid to run for president, he was averaging $225,000 a day in donations. Since Saturday, when he went on Truth Social Media and said that he was going to get arrested on Tuesday, he's been averaging five hundred thousand a day in donations. And these morons don't realize what they are doing. They want him arrested so bad that they don't even care, and they don't notice, or they're completely oblivious or ignorant to how much more power they give him. You know what I want, Corey? And I think you want the same thing. And I think Bell wants the same thing. I just want Donald Trump to go away. Yeah. I want him to go away. Now, yeah. he's never going to he's never gonna go away under his own power. And then you continue to give him more power. He has a base. He's built a cult. He is absolutely going to... He, and, and that's the thing. It's like, why do you think he goes to Truth Social and says, I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday? Because he's... He is brilliant. Drumming up his, yeah, he's drumming up his base. He's brilliant in that way. He is a branding fucking genius. And that, like, this is now what Donald Trump's brand is, which is I am this, I am this martyr who is being come after, who is being sought after by the, by the status quo and the establishment as as a, as an illegitimate villain. I'm the one fighting the corrupt deep state. I'm the one fighting, uh, you know, the status quo and the establishment. Now, you and I see right through it. We know it's bullshit. I'm draining the swamp to fill it with my own sludge. Yeah, and or leave it exactly the same, which nobody ever talks about who is a Trump supporter. But, like, you just – all you're doing is perpetuating his fucking narrative. He is – like, uh, once again, Donald Trump is playing the establishment like a fiddle. And he's doing a brilliant job. He wants to be arrested. He wants to be arrested. Can we, I mean, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. He, uh, and 
and then classic Trump, vintage Trump, uh, after Ron uh, DeSantis came out and said his shit about the, the stripper and stuff like that, he posts a truth, and it says, Ron DeSanctimonious will probably find out about the false accusations and fake stories sometime in the future as he gets older, wiser, and better known when he's unfairly and illegally attacked by a woman, even classmates that are in quotations underage or possibly a man. I'm sure he will (laughs) want to fight these misfits misfits just like I do. So so he basically basically called Ron DeSantis gay. (laughs) A gay pedo. A gay pedo. Oh he God. called it. Yeah, I don't know if Ron DeSantis is ready for that shit. Uh, I want to. Apparently, that. I would like to see them two on a stage together. He's going to be on Piers Morgan uh, tomorrow night, or if you're if you're listening to the recording, it would have been a few a few nights ago. It's going to be on uh, a Thursday, uh, and apparently, Piers Morgan asks him asks Ron DeSantis about Donald Trump, and uh, he gives a doing... really really cringe answer. <laughs> yeah, he's been trying so hard. <laughs> because he does have a good political compass as well on not roughly engaging the of Trump and engaging Trump. But it's, it's eventually it's going to happen. You know, the, 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 uh, the rubber is going to meet the road and he's going to have to deal with Trump saying his shit. There's going to be Trump on the stage with him. If he does run for president barking and saying all the shit he does. And DeSantis is either going to look like a wimp or he's going to get dragged down into the muck with Trump. Oh, come on, man. Will you shut up, man? Is he going to yeah, do that Yeah, you ever even Biden. Biden got dragged down into the muck with that. Oh, will you, will you shut up, man? <laughs> oh, it's no joke. Up. I'm not sure. Ju- you ever notice how he says that? I like I like that uh, that Dana Carvey quote on Burt Kreischer's podcast where he's doing the Biden impression. He's oh, it's, 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 no, it's no joke. He's like. No one thinks it's a joke. <laughs> so Biden says real, that I'm all serious. the time. And it's like, I'm not yeah, joking, you're talking man. about war and thousands of people are dying. Like, we know it's serious. I'm not joking. It's no joke. No no one thinks um, it's a joke, Joe. The fifth no column recently, the fifth column recently was talking about how, like, when someone asked him, like, when he thought gay marriage was okay. And he's like, folks, listen, I was with my father and he was dropping me <laughs> off at school. And I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. And. Joke. It's no, yeah, it's not a joke, folks. I'm not joking. I saw two men dressed nice in suits kiss each other, and they went their separate ways. And I asked my dad what that was, and my dad said, those are two men that love each other. And that's it. That's all. That's it. And that's when I had an epiphany. You call it an epiphany. And it's like, that's great and all, <laughs> Biden, but you voted against it your entire life until it was politically viable to be for it. Well, and then wasn't there wasn't there another scenario where he told the same story except he was talking to his son? Yeah, I think so. I swear that happened. I could be wrong. This is not. This is not. We're not going to fact check this. But somebody's son that was killed in Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> what you know? It's funny. Is I, I shouldn't be laughing at that. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Because he, because he but. does have a dead. He does. He does have a dead son, and also that his his dementia present presenting itself oh god what time is it he's like oh seven o'clock he's like i gotta go get go back into the crypt it's sundown syndrome they gotta lock all the doors on the white house so i don't disappear oh god anyway you think trump's actually gonna get you think you think trump's actually gonna go gonna get arrested you think he's gonna turn himself in or get arrested 
I'm starting to doubt it at this point. Yeah, I don't think so. He's going to turn himself in and be out the next day. And then he's probably going to get a misdemeanor. Oh, and he'll bring a camera crew. Yeah. Breitbart's camera crew will be right behind him. Chuck Lindell with a pillow. So like, put this in your cell. I was reading, actually. And it said... What did it say? Okay, so if he gets indicted, he'll get a surrender date. There's no definite surrender date. So when he surrenders, he's going to go in. And usually they have to do the walk of shame with the handcuffs. And everybody takes pictures and shit. But because <laughs> but because he's the next president, he gets the Secret Service. Oh, and then he gets the Secret Service treatment. Oh, wait. So, so because, yeah, because he's the next president, Secret Service is going to have to go to jail with him? No. Is that a thing, though? Okay. Is that That's a good question, right? Does Secret Service have to go to prison with... <laughs> No, they get to no, stand, out, stand outside of jail. jail. He will never go to jail. He'll never see one second of jail. So what's going to happen is he's going to get bonded out immediately. Um, I forgot. He's going to bond himself out immediately. Um, yeah, but he doesn't have to pay any bail. There will be no bail. And even if he's a ward of the state, he's still going to be able to go back to his residence in Florida legally because he will not be a flight risk because everybody in the world knows what he looks like. <laughs> and those are the words uh, from the district attorneys. Interesting. Who plan on charging him. Oh, but, but, the, but bell, they will be delivering on a campaign promise. You remember all those motherfuckers in New York that like ran on getting Trump arrested for something. They'll be delivering on their campaign promises. That's all we. Oh, we know that's that so piss sure. poor. <laughs> okay, so, so according to chat, uh, according to chat uh, GPT, if a president goes to jail, the Secret Service members who were assigned to protect the president would not be required to go to jail with him or her. The role of the Secret <laughs> Service is to protect the president. They would they would not be held responsible for any actions or decisions made by the president. One minute. I mean, would they? have to go into the prison to protect him. <laughs> I can't wait to see what it says. Oh, if a former president were to be incarcerated, the Secret Service would no longer be responsible for providing protection for him or her. Once a president leaves office, they are no longer entitled to Secret Service protection. No, wait, no. They're entitled to Secret Service protection for their entire life, right? That's what I always I thought. Know, we've never Except seen for this. limited circumstances outlined in the former President's Act. Therefore, if a president were to be sent to prison, the Secret Service would not have any obligation or responsibility to provide protection for him or her inside the prison. It would be up to the prison authorities to ensure the safety and security. Oh, good luck with that, law enforcement. <laughs> uh, we got to move on from Trump, Corey. You want to talk about the banks? Yeah, let's talk about the banks. This is this is this is you guys you guys brought this up last week and, and spent a considerable amount of time on it while I was learning to become a fascist in Florida. Uh and so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take this over. I've got uh, you guys because you guys know a little bit more about this than me. I'm I'm vaguely briefed on it. I know we had the Silicon Valley bank collapse and um what was signature. the other one? I don't remember the other. Yeah, the signature bank collapse. 
And there's been a lot of talk about like, oh my God, is this going to be a new banking crisis? And here's what I'll say without knowing anything. This is just my ignorant ass fucking opinion because I don't know that much about this right now. When I look at uh, inflation possibly becoming stagflation and I look at the fact that two small banks have already collapsed, it stands to reason that a banking crisis may be around the corner. It just, right. Yeah. It so just that was the question possible. we had. That was the question we had uh, like last week. Is this the canary in the coal mine or is this the fallout from that happening? Unfortunately, I think it might be more of a canary in the coal mine uh, because everyone is now going to be taking their money and putting into the bigger banks who they trust more because there's stricter regulations that their money will be protected because those banks have to have so much money in assets per liability or whatever. And the smaller banks don't. Um, and then the FDIC offers protection up to $250,000. Right. Unless you're a big bank like SVB. And mm. now the FDIC is going to cover all of their assets, which leads to us seeing a, a, a straight out of 2008, a crisis that sparks new battle between large banks and small banks because the small banks are pissed mm. because there's going to be assessment fees uh, that are going to be charged to all these banks to cover the insurance, you know, to cover all the banks in case they go and solve them. So an assessment fee, um, I, had, I had to go and ask chat GPT. <laughs> nice. And they said, uh, so I asked what, like what assessment fees were when the bigger banks fail or why would smaller banks have to pay assessment fees when bigger banks fail? And so the answer was assessment fees are fees that are paid by the banks to the federal deposit insurance corporation, the FDIC to fund the insurance provided by the FDIC to depositors in the event that a bank fails. The assessment fees are designed to ensure that the FDC has the necessary resources to cover the cost of insuring deposits and managing bank failures. Smaller banks are required to pay assessment fees because they are also part of the banking system and benefit from the FDIC insurance protection that is provided to depositors. Even though smaller banks may not pose the same level of risk as larger banks, they can still fail, and the FDIC needs to have the resources to cover the costs associated with these failures. When a larger bank fails, the FDIC may need to pay out a large amount of money to cover the insured deposits held by the banks to customers. To ensure that the FDIC has the resources to cover these costs, it may impose additional assessment fees on all banks, regardless of their size, and this is done to present the cost of insuring deposits across the entire banking system, rather than placing the burden on a few larger banks. In summary, assessment fees are required from all banks, including smaller banks, to ensure the FDIC has the necessary resources to cover the cost of insuring deposits and managing bank failures, even though smaller banks may not pose the same level of risk as larger banks. They still benefit from FDIC insurance protection and must contribute to the cost of maintaining its protection. So right now there's a bunch of, uh, there's the, the ICBA, which is the independent community bank association. So if I can cut in real quick, it almost sounds like the equivalent, the banking equivalent of uh, like small businesses being fucked over by uh, more corporate taxation. While the while the while the larger corporations don't really suffer that much. Real quick, Prism Mike asked if Trump got arrested yet, and you missed a whole of. segment out of it. And so far, nope. 
he didn't. <laughs> Not that we know of. I, I dig the name, by the way, Prison Mike. I don't know if you guys are Office fans, but uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> but Prison Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Prison Mike. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he didn't get arrested yet, and um, but yeah, so the banking system, the smaller banks are up in arms. They're like, well, why the fuck are you guys going to charge us more for this when it wasn't us that did this? It was the big banks. And the 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 uh, FDIC, the Federal Reserve, you know, Janet Yellen, all of them right now are currently saying, well, you know, this isn't going to be $1, not $1 from the taxpayer, which we know is absolute bullshit because when these smaller banks or the bigger banks have to uh, pony up more money to the FDIC, we're going to have to pay more money in banking fees mm-hmm. and things like that anyways. So yeah, it's not so, our tax yeah, so, dollars. So, it's our so other I was going to say, I was going to say, so technically not the tax dollar, but it's just it's, like any other bullshit. It's I just like it. any, it's, it's just like any other capitalistic venture that is tied in with government. When, when the government comes in with a new regulation or a new tax or a new fee, it always get passed, gets passed on to not the taxpayer, but the consumer, which is the same fucking people. <laughs> fucking exactly. <laughs> um and so one other question i had so as i was thinking about this because we saw F- svb uh fail and fall apart because they had a bunch of their money put into bonds well those bonds became junk once interest rates got rose because everyone's gonna buy the new bonds with bigger interest rates versus the old bonds with virtually zero percent interest rate on them right mm-hmm so it made me question the idea that uh, could this could we be seeing almost another sort of issue with the housing market because of the fact that right now with interest rates going up so fast, everyone who bought houses before the interest rates were rose got locked in at like super low interest rates. So no That's one's me. gonna. So nobody's gonna refinance. Hi, You're everyone. not gonna refinance. Why would you refinance because and then get a higher interest rate on your loan? That's silly. So what this does is it locks in a large chunk of money these banks have, so they might have a liquidity issue. Couple that with the fact that now people aren't looking to buy homes because now the the housing market prices are so high coupled with higher interest rates. So we might see, now I'm not a financial advisor. This is me just trying to just, figure out what the fuck's going on and this is no, something Corey, that came across you're an intellectual idiot yeah <laughs> and so w- if we see a sudden increase in mortgage rates uh, uh if a sudden increase in mortgage rates cause a wave of defaults banks may need to sell off assets to meet their obligations this can create a liquidity crisis where banks may not have enough cash on hand to cover the immediate needs if the situation proceeds it may lead to insolvency and even bankruptcy Um. Yeah, so I mean, it's we. I'm hoping we don't see it, but we might see more of an issue from the banks. I guess in my intellectual idiot definition. I mean, I guess my again, this is a me also being an intellectual idiot that's not a financial advisor, and we'd love to talk to one if you want to talk to us. But I, I look at this, and I, I, you know, you think about smaller banks possibly failing i mean is this is there a worry of like more consolidation to larger banks yeah because that's not a good thing 
It's an almost, well, it's almost natural, right? Because you're, you're, you're even having certain financial advisors saying, hey, well, you know, you should, first of all, spread your money around. That's what almost any financial advisor is going to tell you. But also, you know, maybe put your money <laughs> Not in us, larger though. banks. <laughs> <laughs> maybe put your money in larger banks. And it's like, okay, do I want the large banks to have more power? I don't think I do in the, in the, you know, in the financial system. I'd like to and see that's more what this small is ultimately doing. Yeah, this, that's what this is ultimately doing <laughs> is now everyone's taking their money and going to the bigger banks, centralizing the money, giving the banks more power. Yeah, it's it's not a good situation. And it's fucked up that our government is so incompetent that they had to rely on the Federal Reserve to just go, we're just going to charge everyone more money until they stop spending it. Like, that's what we're doing <laughs> right now. That's our option. Yeah. yeah. Like. Never, yeah, never, like, never mind trying to streamline supply chain crises, um, going after price gougers, trying to break up monopolies. Our government's too incompetent and corrupt and in bed with all these corporations that they don't want to hurt their donors. Which is so where by proxy, the li- they'll just rely on the Federal Reserve to just hurt which, mine and yours pocketbooks. Which is where the libertarians are right, right? So you you, you look at because I I look at government policy. A lot of times, some sometimes from Republicans and sometimes from Democrats, and I go, "Wow, that's that's a really virtuous policy." the The problem isn't the virtue behind the policy most of the time. The problem is the utter incompetence of government to make it take place, or in, in sometimes not, not even just incompetence, but also corruption, right? Because you're 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 in bed with the banking industry, probably more than any other industry outside of maybe oil. <laughs> right. And even that's probably pretty close. So yeah, it's it's never it's never the virtue behind the policy because that's because that's what you get, right? That's what you get a lot of times. It's like, well, if you don't do this policy, like whatever it is, you don't care about poor people or old people or whatever the thing is. It's like, no, it's because I see the second, third, and fourth order consequences of this policy down the road, and I real which the government doesn't see, and which which renders it ineffective at best ineffective and at worst harmful. Yeah. I don't know what I just said. I'm really tired. I hope that made sense. <laughs> sounded good on my end, bud. <laughs> yeah. So this buy gold, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a financial advisor. Buy, buy gold. Buy crypto. <laughs> Get some well, NFTs. That's really, really taking a hard nosedive, hasn't it? The whole, um, the whole actually, crypto boom. Let me like just just so we're not talking out of our ass. Well, no, actually, I think there have been more. You can look it up while while I'm talking here, but I believe there actually have been more investments in crypto because, again, it seems like there's this weird pendulum swing where like you stop trusting the banks and fiat money and start pumping it into crypto. But I don't, I don't think crypto is. Uh, I think there's a lot of room for fraud in crypto, as we saw with FTX. Yeah. Um. So a year ago, uh, crypto. A big one Bitcoin was forty seven grand, and now it's down to twenty seven grand. Mm-hmm. But it's still like if you got in early enough, you're still sitting okay. Yeah, you're still good. Yeah, you're still I, good. Uh, no, I get oh, it. listen to this, Bell. You might actually like this story. So, do you remember about a year ago or so? Well, actually, no, it's probably two, maybe three years ago now. It's whenever I got surgery on my shoulder when Dogecoin was going from point zero 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 two seven cents up to like seven cents. Oh yeah. And I was like on Facebook going to the moon and shit like that. I had an aunt hit me up and 
she was asking me about it and I was telling her like, yeah, I might do this. I might do that. Go ahead and buy some or whatever. And I saw her recently at a baby shower. Shout out to Auntie Avanel. She's watching this at all and or listening. And she goes, yeah, she goes, because I didn't really talk to her since that. And she goes, hey, the night of uh, Mephistopheles. <laughs> and uh, so my aunt was hitting me up and asking me about Dogecoin, you know, and I came off with the uh, the whole like disclaimer of I'm not a financial advisor. And he uh, and so she bought into Dogecoin when I was t- talking about it to her. And all of her, like all of her coworkers and stuff, she said, were telling her that her nephew is an idiot and all this stuff about Dogecoin. But she bought it at the right time and sold at the right time and bought herself a truck. Like, <laughs> like she made enough money. Yeah, but like of- that's that's the whole point about that's the whole point about crypto, though. Like it, it's at a point where it's like, okay, you don't trust the banks. Put it. It's it's almost like if you don't trust the banks, take it all out and take it to the fucking blackjack table. I mean that's yeah yeah that's, that's, that's literally really what Bitcoin what, is yeah that's what and crypto she, is at this point. Buddy, yeah. she hit black. <laughs> she she, she ended yeah, up being able to buy herself she, a truck. She put it all in and got blackjack. Eh. The knight said, "Uh, Trump is playing Clash of Clans on Twitch. <laughs> His walls are all maxed." I think I. I think, I'd pay <laughs> <this>. <laughs> I think I'd pay to see that. What's Biden playing though? Don't Minecraft. wake daddy. Solitaire. <laughs> Solitaire. <laughs> and losing. And losing. <laughs> why are there why are there jokers in this deck? It's no joke. It's shooting <laughs> the colors. It might it should be live, but he forgot. Uh, that's, cool. that's, that's pretty great. That's pretty great. I think Knight of Welcome to the show, like it our sucks. show. It, uh, if you can, you know, listen to the podcast or go back and watch the live stream. We're about to be wrapping up here in a minute. But first thirty-four minutes are brutal because my audio's fucked up, but we fixed yeah, it. You We're good. Fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, I told you I was exhausted. I warned everyone. This isn't this it's no joke. <laughs> it's a, folks, I'm serious. <laughs> no one thinks it's a joke. Uh what did you want to close out with, Corey? Do we have anything else? Um I'm glad to see Rick Rushy out and landing on his feet. DeSantis is a fascist. Stafford or Stafford. What? Jesus Christ. I'm thinking about the Detroit Lions from 2017. Uh, Stanford had a had a had a quite a month with the the the, the DEI the DEI video of the uh, with the judge. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. God damn it! I can't even speak right now. Another fascist. Yeah yeah. So. You missed in the beginning. DeSantis is like now trying to pull liquor licenses from places because they have drag shows. And <laughs> if you watch, if you've listened to our show or watched our show, we're we have mixed feelings about the idea of letting kids and go and stuff like this. Like personally, but the to, the idea to give the government the power to do shit like that is absolutely wrong. If you don't want your kid at a drag show, don't take your kid. We don't need daddy government to come in and make mm. laws and make other. American citizens, criminals over something in that could be seen as trivial as that. We're trying to grow the radical independent movement as two intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. Uh, oh, I know. I know what we can close with. Uh, episode, me, episode six of the witch trials of J.K. Rowling. 
Oh, there you go. I think we could touch on that uh, uh, briefly. You, you're caught up on it. I don't know if Bell is, but uh, I'm caught no. up on it. Bell doesn't listen to podcasts. He doesn't even listen he's, to this one. He's weird. He's on one, but he doesn't listen to them. Uh, <laughs> I do sometimes. Sometimes. So, so what I loved about the sixth episode of The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling is that, they, that it completely threw a fucking atomic bomb on all of the bullshit WAPO op-eds about the witch trials of jk Rowling, why do why do we need to why do we need to listen to anything that has jk Rowling in it she's a bigot and this entire episode six was literally the entire episode was two interviews of uh, of trans people sitting there and going look it's okay to be a little bit upset about jk Rowling's views on trans people because of her influence because of her influence yeah because of her influence but it's also okay to kind of understand where she's coming from, which is a very adult way to look right. at the situation of transgender, particular of of transitioning, particularly when it comes to youth and when it comes to uh, feminists like J.K. Rowling being worried about uh, uh, predatory men using loopholes to make their way into female spaces. Yeah. And having that pause shouldn't all of a sudden cast you as a homophobe because of the fact like we talked about earlier or transphobe. Yeah. When everyone's a fascist, when everyone's a racist, when everyone's a Nazi, then no one's a fascist. No one's a racist. No one's a Nazi. Well, it really, we need to be able to distinguish the real homophobes like DeSantis, who is trying to just make people illegal we need to make sure that that stuff isn't acceptable in our country. But if someone is like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to let my kid take uh, experimental medicine until he's an adult, that person's not a homophobe. No, and it, it, we have to distinguish the the between the two. And the way the two interviews in the uh, the the sixth episode of the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, what, what, like what I what I what I took out of that is. You know, it, it's 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 legitimately all about understanding, right? And so many of these people, they don't actually they don't have children of their own, and it, and it makes it makes sense to me for like a Gen X parent or like an older millennial parent because millennials, hey, let's uh, let's realize that the oldest millennials are in their early forties now. Mm-hmm. Like we're not we're not kids anymore, right? Uh, older millennial parents and Gen X parents being concerned about their children making a decision at such a young age that is that is that that could ultimately harm them and be irreversible and uh they don't want them to make that mistake now whether or not that child is actually making a mistake or whether they're doing what's right for them it is a completely reasonable concern for a parent to have yeah, it is absolutely. a it is a loving, reasonable concern, and it's it's so that's the thing about that's the thing about the, the this this podcast, which I recommend everybody listen to, the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. It is it 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 is such a nuanced discussion because it's very very it's still very very fresh. It's very very new, and the idea of transitioning, particularly as uh, particularly when you're talking about children, it's 
it's it's just really new. There's just not enough research. There's just not enough data. There are there are enough detransitioners to make you go, okay, let's talk about this. There are enough people that are happy with their transition from a very young age to go, okay, maybe it's okay to support this. But you have to keep talking about it. You can't just throw the word bigot out there and you can't just, you know, throw the word groomer out there. Right. right. Just, just because, just because somebody has an opinion on it. I honestly don't know what mine is yet. And that's why I'm interested in the subject. And that's why I try to get so many different angles on it. You have a young son, Corey. I don't have any kids yet, but you know, I can imagine what you might, I can imagine what you might go through if you happen to go through this with CJ at some day is, you know, someday in your life. I, I don't even, I, I would, I would venture to guess you don't even know how you would react. Right. Because happened. when you have a kid, you love your kid to death. Like you would literally take a bullet for him. And if you're pushed in one direction or another, that like doing something for them is for the betterment of their health or a detriment to their health. Like you are, you're kind of like, you you just you're doing your best. You're navigating with a compass in the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the fascism comment or the convers- uh, topic. Oh, we're gonna talk about fascists again. Yeah, All right, I the night uh, the night of Mephistopheles said, "Fascism is, of course, also a collection of ideas. It is not an atomized thing. I think it has a romantic side too, don't you think?" And I was like, you know, like as I'm thinking about it, then like. If you're on the right side of the fascist movement, maybe it's convenient. Maybe not uh, romantic, but convenient. If you're in the right, you fit in the uh, the cookie cutter outline that the fascism is trying to convey. But I like the okay. idea that we're all we live in a country where free thought. I mean, obviously, it's it's constantly under attack, and it's something we have to fight for. But free speech, free thought, free minds is like at the core of our country. And I like the inconvenience of us not just streamlining and doing something like the CCP because everyone is like going, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute, hold on, you know, about every single topic. And, you know, it's messy. We argue about it. But for an example, climate change, right? If If one group had their way, we would be right now be having power outages and things like that because everything would be ran on strictly just windmills and uh, solar panels. But it takes the other side to go, no, 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 we're not just going to allow that. But that other side is also now coming out with more fuel efficient ways to do things. We are now seeing water conservation and AI that's Silicon Valley, mostly liberals is um, that is getting intertwined with farming to make crops more effective and things like that. And like, we need both sides to like argue out in public to come up with a good uh, solution. That's like not necessarily in the middle, but you need to have all the ideas from every angle to, t- to talk about the, what about isms to talk about the possible shortfalls, the possible pitfalls, the benefits you gotta, you gotta be able to weigh the benefits and the, uh, the um, difficulties or, you know, the, uh, the negative aspects of every topic. And when you have a fascist community, there's no room for that. Yeah. I mean, 
Is that, is, that, I, I, is that all right? Does that sound pretty good? No, no. I, you, I'm happy. I'm happy to listen. But like fascism on its surface is the centralization of power. That's what fascism is. I would never, ever, ever support that <laughs> in any well, way. That's shape, why or I form. said. That's why I said it's uh, it's convenient. <laughs> it's a hell of a lot more. Well, convenient. no, okay. So, so wait a minute. It gets, so, you okay. know, when I when I say that, I mean like when there's no room for discourse or debate things are going to get done a lot quicker things are going to be more of a straight line because there's only one outlet right, that's making right. the decision Corey, it's i'm not it's, saying it's, it's a good thing i'm just saying it's convenient it's very it's very it's more convenient to, for me to get mcdonald's for dinner but that's not as good for me as making a home-cooked meal right it's convenient in the same like fascism is convenient in the same way that fucking communism is convenient right well, you look they at, go you, hand in hand like we, uh, we to be fair, we, true communism's never been tried. It's power of the people as opposed to central power of the people as as opposed to to, to centralized power. But there's un, unbelievable amounts of corruption in communism as we've seen. But like I look at it like so so you take you take a look at a place like China, which of course is not fascist, but is they say socialist, but what? they're communist. Uh, and you look at you sure a place they're not like fascist. You you. you <laughs> Yeah, they're not. They're you sure. Well, I guess you, you know what? It's actually you an interesting sure? debate. It's actually an interesting debate because but, they like to just make one one straight line of just welding people into their apartments and they all have that social credit thing. But and boy, it's for, even it's for, when their billionaires step the on the line, good. they get silenced. It's for the greater good, which is what every makes fascist it thinks what they're doing is for the greater good. <laughs> Here's what I was going to say. The Santa thinks what he's doing is for the greater good. Here's what I was going to say. You have, you have, we've had this talk before about the difference between China and the United States, right? So China can put uh, a skyscraper up in what seems like three fucking weeks. Well, they got a it, billions of people, Dan. They need to find a place to lock them up. Hang on. Let me, can I finish? Please, can I finish? Uh, <laughs> Here, it takes us 15 fucking years to put up the same skyscraper. And it's because of, we argue about the name that's going to be on the building when it comes to well, what? No, like when it comes to the free market, right? You have you have more you have more freedom in capitalism and a free market, but you are you are less efficient because there's always more red tape to go through when you yeah, have something fair. when you have something like centralized power or even communism. There is no red tape. It just goes up. The state pays for it. So you can either be free, which is what we have, or you can be efficient. You cannot have both things. There is you can what is uh Tom Sal? There there is no solutions, only trade-offs. Yeah, you 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 can have you can have one or the other. You can either be super efficient or you can be super free. Forgive me, but I'll take the freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I'll 100%. go with the freedom, the freedom every day of the week. Because for some reason so, it still has is not as if for as inefficient as our government is for as inefficient as the freedom that we have is because that creates a bunch of pitfalls and infighting. We're still like comparatively, if you live in America and you're making like 30 K a year in America, that's you're in the top. That's poverty levels, but worldwide you're still like in the top 1%. You are in the top 1%. If you make $30,000 a year, you're in the top 1% globally. Interesting, isn't it? Let me go complain about it on my iPhone. <laughs> Made by children. Just kidding. I have the <laughs> Galaxy. 
Uh, anyway. So, hey, okay, uh, so he responded. So the, the problem of minorities is that it undermines the romantic worldview of the majority. In a distant past, the differences between men and women were celebrated. There was a wonderful dynamic between men and women. Emancipation was undermined. Hands. Uh, eman- emancipation has undermined this, the relatively few women who wanted eman- to emancipate. And the idea that our gender is choice also detaches us from our connection with nature. They are all things that want to transcend nature, but with that comes a great sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really have a disagreement with any of that. It's, it's, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it kind of goes with what we were saying. Like it's, it makes things more messy. It, uh, it, uh, makes things more slappy. It's not, ah, hmm, let me think. No, Corey, it's, 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 it's the argument that like, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but you've heard the argument that like being trans is a luxury, right? It's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a, I'm just using being trans as an example. Cause it's just at the top of the American lexicon at the moment, but like being trans is a luxury. And it, it kind of goes to what Matt Walsh said in his, in his documentary, uh, what is a woman where he goes to like these broke ass African tribes and they're like, can a man he's like can a man be a woman and they like they laugh at him because they don't they don't have the the same types of uh luxuries that we have to be able to consider these things it's like you're literally fighting for your next fucking meal i'm not really worried about what gender i am today do i need to go out and collect berries or do i need to go kill an antelope yeah you know what, you yeah know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's a it's a privileged problem yeah and um, and for There's any new listeners to the show, I don't There's support a- Matt Walsh in any way. I don't endorse right. him in any way. <laughs> There's a lot in that comment night to chew on. And I can well, tell, actually, he's he's a deep thinker. Well, just, think I, about I appreciate that. I do. I'm reading it. And this is this is something I'm going to try to uh, mull over for a couple of days. I was going to say, there's a whole episode right there. Yeah, there's a whole episode just in that comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's almost I've been, like I read it. Six and times. then he goes, I'm just thinking all out here. It's almost like it's <laughs> it's it's almost like night is chat GPT. Here we no, are. No, it's almost like night's an intellectual idiot like the rest of us. Yeah. Anyway, welcome Corey. to the show. <laughs> oh, you're not gonna get banned from this. Not no, from us. No way. Nah, no here, way. Buddy. No. Tell the tell the people where they can find us, Corey. We gotta get out of here. Night, we're happy you joined us. From- please, please, please check out the podcast, download some older episodes, uh, and and come join the conversation as often as you can. Yeah, Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. This and if you like the show, give a rating, you know, it helps with the algorithms. Yeah, Tell a friend. Pause. We have the au- most awkward endings. <laughs> I do listen to podcasts sometimes. <laughs> Bell wanted to, for the record, he wants to correct. He wants, he wants to tell his side of the story. <laughs> this has been Libservative, the show of intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. Uh, for Bell the Body Snatcher, he is Corey Walsh. He is Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative, and we are out of here. We the people cannot turn back.